This week's Four Questions Journalist Spotlight is brought to you by Lefts Atlanta Media, Atlanta's best journalist database. Subscribe at leftsatlantamedia.com. Welcome to another Four Questions Journalist Spotlight. We are talking today with Chen Her with uh, WXIA 11 Alive. Hey. Good evening. How are you today? Good, good. I'm just glad to be here. Sorry it took a little bit for us to do this, but I'm excited to do it. So, well, Yeah, there's been some news and things going on, so that, that kind of takes up a little bit of a time some uh, yeah. on occasion so uh, uh you know I, I wanted to but wanted to catch up with you a while so i'm glad i'm glad we we're able to do it yeah. and uh, you know it's uh, let's let's jump right in so um let's start with a little bit of background talk to me about <clears throat> you know how you know i know, I know everybody in tvs usually atlanta's not their first job so tell, talk to me about your your career and the and the trail that brought you here yeah, so uh, I've I've been all over the place. I'm originally from Minneapolis, uh, born and raised, went to college in uh, the Twin Cities. And um, my first job uh, when I graduated, so I actually interned um, at a couple of different stations. Um, but my first job uh, as a full-time reporter right out of school was in Eugene, Oregon. So I moved out west for about two and a half years. Um, I was not a huge fan of Eugene, Oregon, so I like could not wait to get out. So I went like as far away as I could. I went all the way to, uh, uh, Virginia Beach, uh, market. And so I was there for four years and then I uh, came to Atlanta. So nothing against Eugene. I mean, I love Eugene. It's near and dear to my heart, but it was just the weather. Um, it's just always raining. And, um, so I just wanted to get out of there. So I, yeah, which well, yeah, it's a little bit different from uh from Minnesota. I mean, uh, I was there. I, I was there for a extended canoe thing trip a couple of years ago. It's but I was there in the summer. I was yeah. not there. Yeah, I was not there when the lakes were frozen over. Yeah. Uh, it they were nice and a nice cool fifty degrees or something right. like that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, so you've been here. Let's see, how long has it been? A year or two? How long? Yeah, yeah. So it's been uh, it's been a little over a year, going on a year and a half soon. Actually. Okay. So, All right. Yeah, yeah. I loved it. All right. So, and we were talking off camera before about about your schedule. So tell, let's tell everybody kind of what, what when do you work, what days, and and uh, kind of which shifts do you usually work. Yeah. So I uh, my schedule is a little bizarre, but I work uh, the night shift, Saturday, Sunday, and then I work. The day shift, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So uh, my off days are Thursday, Fridays. So those those are technically my weekends. Okay. <clears throat> and how does that work for you, having the weekend different from everybody else's weekend? You know, it's um, – I think early, early on in my career, I had off days like that, and it was a little weird uh, for me to adjust. But, I mean, I've done it um, enough in my career where, you know, you kind of just find a way to make it work, and you kind of develop your own routine. Um Thursday, Fridays are, are so good days to have off um, because you start Friday off. So, um, yeah, I don't mind it. I mean, I think once you develop your routine, it just kind of becomes your your own normal. So, Well, and your night side on Saturday, so you, it's not like you have to be in at 9 o'clock in the morning. So you yeah. can go out Friday and have a good time, and you don't have yeah. to be into work to what, 2 o'clock, right? Yeah, I mean, as much as I can <laughs> in, during a pandemic. So. Oh, yeah, there's, <laughs> there, there is that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, that 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 pandemic thing. Forgot yeah, about that. right. <laughs> you're not you're not bar hopping in Buckhead right right now. Huh? No, no. There, there's there's no more bars in Buckhead anyway, so you can't, you can't do that, right? Uh, so uh, I, I know I know somewhat your your general assignment, but are, are there particular stories that you that you like to cover, or that is is a beat, or you kind of just wherever wherever the day takes you? 
Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm a general assignment. Um, so kind of just like news of the day um, is what what I've been doing here since I've been here. Um, but, you know, I'm I think for for early on in my career, I the, I did not like covering like anything related to politics. It was just not I just didn't like it. I wasn't interested in it. And I do think a big part of what makes um a a journalist whether you're in print or tv i think a big part of what makes a journalist a good journalist is if they 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 are uh, passionate about what they they report about and what they cover um but you know i think now in my career i think i've really gravitated a lot towards covering um uh politics at all levels um, i did that a lot in virginia i covered a lot of state uh, and local politics um and then also i like covering um uh stories that um uh, I'm very passionate about covering stories that impact the Asian American communities because um, I think I think we haven't really gotten the representation that we've uh, needed in communities where we live, and so that's something that I'm also very passionate about. Yeah, I was watching a a great uh, Atlanta Press Club panel last week, yeah. uh, and I was, I was Sophia Choi from Channel Two was on there, but and, yeah. and, and it was it was a really it was a great conversation about what's happening and what's not happening and yeah. how the Asian community is, is being treated. And of course we probably saw that story out of New York just this week. Yeah. Um, yeah. Horrible story where not just horrible because a 65 year old woman was attacked on the street, but because, you know, two or three people sat there and watched it and, and did nothing. And just, yeah. you just kind of look at that and go, so what, what, what kind of people are sitting there just right <clears throat> watching that and not coming to that woman's assistance e even after, the guy ran away. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean that that was just that was just crazy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, Atlanta's always had some representation on most of the TV stations uh, from the Asian journalist community. Uh, do you feel like there there should be more? Are we are we where we need to be, or you always kind of that we should always should have more representation? Yeah, I mean, I think I think um, I think we should always have more representation. I mean, I look at. You know, I think, I think one thing that I was very excited about when I came to this market was the fact that there is a chapter of uh, the Asian American Journal Association here. Yeah, um, right. So I remember when I went to the first meeting with them, I was like, "Wow, there are um, more Asian journalists in this market than I <laughs> than any market that I've worked in." Um, so I was excited to see that. I mean, I think for me it, that was a very encouraging sign. Um, and um, we do there is a good size. Asian American population here. And so I think seeing that at other stations and at the paper and even the other outlets in town, um, knowing that they have the representation is great. And, uh, it, you know, especially covering the spa shooting, you really see how many Asian journalists are out there in our community was it, that that was a very encouraging time for me. Do I think we need more? I, I think I think so. I mean, I think one there are so many media outlets uh, in Atlanta because it's such a big metro area. Um, but I also think that every outlet needs more than just one or two uh, Asian American journalists right. in that organization. So, well, it's interesting. I know sometimes I use the royal we struggle with, you know, do we do we send an Asian reporter to cover a story that's an Asian focused story just because? They're an Asian journalist. The same way you would look at a story and say, right. you know, "Do I send a black reporter to cover a, a story about social justice marches?" But but you know you wouldn't have that conversation when you, you said, "Okay, we're gonna 
So do we do we send a white reporter to cover the Georgia legislature because they're all you know white men or something? Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. That kind of that kind of conversation, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, and and it was it was interesting because you know that's that's a question that you know being a um, being a reporter uh, from a, a minority background, I think those sorts of questions are raised. Um, I mean, I've heard those questions raised throughout my career, and I think Natasha Chen from CNN made a really good point. Um, during the Atlanta Press Club panel, when she when she asked, you know, if 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 that question is going to be raised, then what is the default? What is deemed unbiased uh, right. as far as a reporter's background and the stories that they're covering? So I thought that was a good point that she brought up. Well, and and to me, if you have a diverse background of, of reporters in your newsroom, yeah. that should add to it. Yeah, you have a reporter who speaks the language of that of the community that's being affected. To me, that can only help because you can communicate better, whether it's Asian or Latino or Indian or whatever the yeah. population is. Uh, and, and not just knowing the language, but knowing knowing the culture. Because I know, yeah, that. yeah. I mean, that's such that was such a big thing. Um, you know, in in covering basically any story that I've covered uh, with the Asian community is that you know I think understanding the culture and the context and the background of, of, of the community is really important um, because you understand why certain people from certain backgrounds react the same, the way that they do or how they handle certain situations. Um, so yeah, it can only strengthen uh, uh, your newsroom and it can only strengthen your ability as a reporter. Yeah, I know there were, there were some, <clears throat> Some conversations in some newsrooms, and I don't think it was yours, but about you know saying the names and being able to pronounce the names yeah. of the of the victims correctly, and uh, you know, I, I my my philosophy is always, you know, you don't not say someone's name yeah. because it's hard to say. You figure out how to say it. Yeah, uh, you put in the effort and the work to to make yeah. sure you you do it the same way you can say any other name. I I saw. A reporter the other day, she was reporting about a excuse me. She was reporting about a volcano erupting in Iceland or something. Yeah, and, and she said the name of you know the long Nordic name of this of this yeah. volcano. Yeah, and, and she had obviously practiced it a couple of times so she yeah. get it right. Yeah, you know, but but it was you know some twenty syllable volcano name, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. But uh, you know, I looked at it, I was like, okay, she didn't just see that on the teleprompter and and roll it off the tongue. She Saw that and thought, I don't know how to say that. Yeah, let me, yeah. Let me figure out how to say that, whether it's Googling right. it and finding out the pronunciation or or whatever. However, you have to look it up to do it. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I, I, I really do give a lot of credit to um, my newsroom, and I give a lot of credit to my managers and our team because I think we, we, we put a lot of effort into making sure that we – we said the names the right way. And we put a lot of effort into making sure that we did it the right way. Um, and um, I remember, I mean, again, I mean, I think the Asian community is so diverse. I mean, I don't speak Korean or Mandarin. Um, and so when the names came down, I was like, oh, man, um, let me, let, <laughs> I was like, okay, let me uh, take some time to look over these names. And then AAJA released the, the, the video guide on how to say the names. And, um, I, I listened to that, you know, I, cause I did say the names on air and I, and I listened to that and I practiced and I practiced and, um, you know, I, I think if it wasn't for 
my managers and my team kind of having the confidence in, in, in me to do that and, and encouraging me to do that, I, I think it would have, um, you know, I, I don't think I would have had as much confidence in myself to go on air and say the names. But I mean, it does take, you know, just some practice and some care and some effort into making sure you do it. Right. Well, and I think it's I think it's worth kind of mentioning you're you're of uh, Hmong descent, correct? Yes, I am. And and I think and you and I talked last week about how I know how I know what that means. Yeah, and, yeah. But I but I think uh, if you if you would take just a second and just explain to our our listeners what that mean what what that community is. Yeah. So so I'm Hmong. Um, it's spelled H M O N G. Um, we are an ethnicity. We're a people group uh, from Southeast Asia, but we don't have uh, a country. So. Uh, most of uh, most Hmong people, um, like my parents, are from Laos. Um, so they're spread throughout like Laos, Thailand, some in Vietnam, still some like kind of in China, but not, not a whole lot. Um, and so many of us came to the States, including my parents, um, uh, during and after the Vietnam War, um, because we, um, our people fought alongside the, the United States. And so when the war was over, uh, uh, the United States uh, brought a lot of us over, and um, that's how we ended up here. And, so, <laughs> yeah. and somehow you ended up in, in Minnesota because that is so much climate similar. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, it, my so my dad, uh, my dad actually ended up in Minnesota, but my mom's family ended up in California. So they actually met in the states, but they. Um, um, so that's how it is. So my, so I have a lot of family on my mom's side in California and then all my dad's side is in Minnesota, but, um, you know, my dad had a, um, had a host family in, in Minnesota. And so him and his family ended up there and yeah, that was how it all, it all went. Now is, correct me if I'm wrong, but is, is Minnesota kind of one of the, the largest or one of the largest Hmong populations centers in the U S yeah. Yeah. So, um, I believe the twin cities, um, has the largest like urban population of Hmong people. Um, yeah. and so also California does as well. Um, I'm not sure where <clears throat> these cities all rank, I guess, but, uh, uh, Minneapolis and St. Paul and then Sacramento, California and Fresno, California. And there are okay. quite a few, um, in Wisconsin as well. So like Milwaukee area. Um, yeah. All right, so I, and I I want to I always like to educate people so and yeah. uh, you know so that's that's our learning learnings for the day for everybody <laughs> right right <laughs> so uh, all right so so I know your your general assignment uh, are there certain stories that you're you're kind of percolating in the back of your head thinking I'd like to do more stories around this and you, you know you talked about kind of Asian yeah. community focused stories uh, and, and politics, but is there anything yeah. in particular that, that you're working on that, and I don't know if you don't want to talk about specifics, <laughs> you don't want to give it away, right? But, yeah, right, uh, right. You know, just kind of general, general story, story ideas and things that you think, I'd really like to do a story, more stories about this. Yeah. Um, you know, that's a good question. I, I don't have anything brewing right now and I'm not really working on anything right now that's on hold or anything, but you know, I think um, one thing that I love about Atlanta since I've been here is just there's so much history in Atlanta. And even before I moved to Atlanta, so many of the things that I liked has either originated from here or has been influenced by this city. And so, you know, I think one thing for me is eventually down the line, I love to work on something, whether it's um, something that's recurring or what, but something, you know, either related to like the history of Atlanta or culture, um, you know, like away from news, I'm, I'm really 
yeah, not so much like a history buff, but history does interest me. So um, I think doing something like that down the line would be would be awesome. Just something about history and culture of the city, uh, whether it's food or music or entertainment or something like that would be really fun. Maybe you and uh, Jeff Hollinger can team up on the history thing. <laughs> that guy he's, knows everything. I, I know he, he's, like, he's got an everything. encyclopedia of, of. I mean, he's been he's been on TV here since the early nineties. Yeah. So yeah, I yeah, mean, anytime, anytime, like a story breaks, you can throw him on the camera and throw him on the desk, <laughs> and he just knows. I mean, he just one time I forgot what we were covering, and I was watching him and. Um, John Sherrick just go back and forth, like just yeah. off the cuff. And I was so impressed that I, I couldn't stop watching because I'm like, man, these two, between the two of them, there is so much just Atlanta knowledge. John and John's awesome. I mean, you, you gotta, you gotta drain that brain of whatever you can before, yeah. uh, before he decides he wants to settle, settle on a pasture somewhere. Right. Uh, He's 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 awesome. I mean, he's yeah. he's so unassuming, but uh, yeah, like you said, that guy's covered everything. Yeah, in in town over the last thirty yeah. however many years he's been reporting. Um, and and Jeff is hilarious because he'll, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, he posts a lot on Facebook, a lot of interesting history stuff. So it's kind of fun yeah, yeah. Um, but this isn't about Jeff. This is about you. So <laughs> Jeff can do his own his own spotlight. Uh, anyway, so. Uh, all right, so now the, the really hard question, which stumps a lot of my guests, is what's the coolest thing about you? Oh, man, the coolest thing about me, um, I I guess um, I, I I love sneakers. Um, I'm, I'm a sneakerhead, so I have like a huge sneaker collection. All right. Um, yeah, it's, yeah I, um, so I'm, I'm, a, I'm a really big Michael Jordan <laughs> fan. Um, and uh, I'm a really big basketball fan, and so I, I love sneakers. I collect all kinds of sneakers, um, and uh, yeah, it's just something that I something that I do. And um, some people don't know that, but when they see it, they're like, "Oh, like I would have never guessed that you of all people, you know, collect all these sneakers." Do you so, have like a big display closet I or something? I, I, I have a display actually, like right in my living room, um, but. Um, I have to get like another shelf because that one's full. <laughs> a bunch of them like stored in the closet. So actually, I have like I have a um, uh, I my pantry like half of it is just shoe boxes because I. All right, you, you're gonna send me some pictures that I I'm gonna insert. In, <laughs> I'm gonna do some voiceovers with some pictures. Did they put you on the uh, the the big sneaker story this week? The little Nas story. No, so th that I it's funny because I actually brought that up during one of the editorial meetings because I was like we were talking about uh, you know just pitching stories and I was like. I'm not advocating this for this to be a, a reporter story, but I was like, I think we should at least, you know, explore the possibility of putting this on social or digital because, you know, he's from this area and, um, uh, you know, that sneaker story just blew up. And I was, I was like, I was entertained like all day reading that story. I think, I think, I think it made your, I think it was on air. I think I'm trying to remember if it was on the, maybe the five o'clock one day this week. I know, I know I saw it. Somebody did something with it. Oh, probably. Yeah. Yeah. But they didn't give it to the sneaker expert. <laughs> right. That would have been fun. I, I, mean, I Talk about using the expertise correctly, right? Right. I mean, come on. <laughs> you got to know the culture, man. Uh, you know, <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could have done, I mean, live shot from your place with the sneaker <laughs> behind you. I mean, I, I, yeah. got the, I, got, I, I have the whole vision there. I'm, I'm seeing it. <sighs> Missed opportunities. Right. Um, all right. So let's, let's do the lightning round. So 
Uh, last book that you read that you want to admit to? Oh, um, actually, it's right there. I read um, uh, what is it called? It was just um, hold on, let me lean over and look. Okay, it's, All right. it's that it's that Trump. <clears throat> Fire and Fury. The, the Fire and Fury. I read, I read Fire and Fury. Okay. All right. Uh, favorite Atlanta restaurant? Uh, Snackbox Bistro. Who? Where's that one? It's actually in Doraville, but um, I just lump it all in. But yeah, I love okay. it. Okay. Is, is that a particular kind of food? What, what it's uh, it's Laotian food, um, and it's great. Um, it's it's like it's like tucked in like a little shopping center, um, right where. Um, is it Brandmar USA? Yeah, yep, uh, yep, yeah. It's yep, like right yep. over. It's in that little shopping center over there. But it's it's a, oh, it's great. It's great. All right. So tell me the name again. Snackbox. Snack Snackbox Bistro. Snackbox Bistro. Okay, awesome. My, my wife and I are on a mission up and down Buford Highway, so we're we're always always trying stuff. Uh, okay, favorite guilty pleasure. Maybe that goes back to sneakers. <laughs> <laughs> favorite guilty pleasure. Um. Oh man, uh, I watch a lot of like trashy reality tv shows that's, right. that's one right. of them yeah <clears throat> my friend rodney is uh, is it should be your friend then oh but, rodney yeah rodney's awesome all right um <clears throat> favorite local getaway hmm where do you go to get away from <clears throat> everything um my favorite local getaway let's see i i guess i would say um I go to the Croc Street Market a lot because I don't live too far. Um, so, and and my off days are totally random, like Thursday Fridays. And so, usually when I go, it's not busy, and I kind yeah, of just that, play that's myself, perfect. So, I love it. All right, uh, favorite non-work hobby. Favorite non-work hobby. Because you can't count work as a hobby. That's yeah, just you're right. Good. I mean, a lot that's of just not good. Do. <clears throat> my favorite non-work hobby. Um, I. Yes. Um, well, in Atlanta, I walk the Beltline a lot because you know I don't live far. So I guess that's like that's something I do a lot. You know, I just it's very relaxing for me. So very good, and you can do it when there's not a ton of people out there too. So yeah, exactly. Yep. Even even better because we go I go biking there on the weekends, and you know. Yeah, and during the pandemic, it was just perfect because I was outside and there's not a lot of people around, so it's been great. <clears throat> cool. All right, is there anything else that we haven't talked about that you want to mention about? you know, your work or the station or hmm. anything in particular, talk about how great your news director is, anything like that. You know, any, <laughs> anything you want to toss in like that, you know, feel free. <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. You know, I'm not, I'm not really used to being like on this side. This side so of it? <laughs> <laughs> you didn't have your talking points already. To, to right. Know. Right. I, you know, I, I'm not used to, used to being on this side. So I'm like, I think like, Hmm, what, you know, that's good. We, we've covered a lot of ground here, so that's that's all good. Yeah, yeah. Well, cool. Well, listen, I appreciate your uh, your taking some time this evening. I'll I'll let you uh, enjoy your weekend now, and uh, since it's a a Wednesday night, right? Yeah, it's a, it's 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 Friday. It's Friday. It's a it's, it's a Wednesday. It's a Wednesday Friday. It needs yeah. to have like a, it needs to be called like Wednesday or something, <laughs> something like that. You need to. I'm, I'm sure you have like a whole group of. People whose Friday is Wednesday, right? And you guys all. Oh go yeah, out. I'm sure. I'm you sure. Guys, I mean, you guys I, all go. You guys all go out clubbing, right? Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Back or, in yeah. the day, but you know, I when I moved here, <laughs> I moved here in December, and then by March, like everything shut down, and we didn't go in the newsroom. So yeah, it, it's true. funny because I still have like a lot of coworkers who I haven't met. 
Um, I get emails from people who I've like never met before and I'll, I'll, I'll talk to people on the phone, but um, yeah, I haven't really uh, met a, a, too many people from my station. Um, and at the time I was also working that the eight and 9 PM shows. So I came in a little bit earlier and I was already out the door by the time, even all the night people got in. So oh, I was yeah. kind of like Here. in this weird between, between shifts. So it's going to be all new a couple of months when you guys are back in the station. Like, hey. oh, it's going <laughs> to, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be people. great. I am, I am looking forward to that. Um, you know, I, I, I love working with my team and I, I, I've really liked working with everyone that, you know, I've been in touch with. So I'm looking forward to being like just back in the newsroom and being around everyone. Cause you know, I think there is, there is something that's like so priceless about being like in a newsroom. You know, I think the collaboration is just, it's, it's, um, it's, it's great. And I think the energy that you can kind of feed off of is, is just, it's priceless. Yeah. Yeah. You can get a lot done this way, but, uh, yeah, the, the being together and the back and forth. I mean, a, a big zoom chat has uh, some yeah. limitations in terms of, brainstorming and conversation. Yeah. It does make it yeah. challenging. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Chinu. We've been talking with Chinu Her with 11 Alive News. And uh, join us uh, next week and every week. Well, most every weeks. <laughs> until, unless I'm camping, then I then I don't get these done. But otherwise, we'll see you next week cool. for a Four Questions Journalist Spotlight. Cool. Thanks. <laughs>